Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Liebknecht, and in today's show we continue our study of Parshat Korach with Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah. Today's Aliyah is very short, but we're going to use it to explain what happened at the end of yesterday's Aliyah, when the people complained once again, charging Moshe and Aaron for killing God's people. As we explained in yesterday's share, there were two groups of dissidents, the political dissidents whose punishment was being swallowed up by the ground. That was a punishment that everyone recognized was from God, and hence the people accepted that. But the punishment of the 250 men who were challenging the exclusivity of Aaron bringing Karbonot, those 250 men were burnt by God when they offered the Torah. The people claim, It was your idea. You caused this people of God to be killed. Either you should have warned them that they might die, or maybe they're even claiming that this was a setup. Because Moshe Rabbeinu knew that when you bring Torah, it can cause death, like what happened with Nadav and Abihu. We never found that God told Moshe Rabbeinu to conduct this test. It could be, as we explained, that that's what God told them when they prayed the first time and fell on their faces when the complaint first began in the beginning of chapter 16. But in the eyes of the people, it was Moshe and Aaron's idea. Therefore, they gathered around, charging the Moshe and Aaron had caused the death of these people. And again, they complained against the leadership of Moshe and Aaron. God again comes to save them with the Anan. The glory of God appeared in front of the Oam Moed to save Moshe and Aaron. God now is going to command Moshe and Aaron to allow him to punish the nation like he wanted to do in the first place before they began to pray. So our Leah begins now in chapter 17 in Perik Yitzayin, Pasek Tet, with God's response to this new complaint of the people. Lift yourself above or stand away from this Eidah, from this congregation, notice again, the word Eidah used to describe the group of people who God is angry with, and it has taken on different meanings throughout this entire narrative. Utam Karaga. And let me consume them in an instant. By Plua Panehem, Moshe and Aaron again fall on their faces, again in prayer to God, in order that he not take out this punishment against the people. Recall that the underlying reason why the people are complaining against Moshe and Aaron is because they set these men up to bring Ktoret, knowing that the Ktoret can cause death. Therefore, Moshe is going to tell Aaron to do something which will both save the people from God's punishment and also show them that Ktoret is actually something that can save them from God's punishment and not cause them to die. Pasuk Aleph, verse 11. By Yomer Moshe el Aaron, Moshe says to Aaron, Take a fire pan and put on it fire from the Mizbeach and put Ktoret, put incense on top of that, just like the 250 men did in the beginning. And quickly go to the Eda and protect them. I'm purposely translating the word Kaper as protection, as I'm going to explain why very shortly. Because God's anger is now kindled and the plague has now begun. Do this immediately to save the people from this harsh punishment. Aaron took this fire pan and ktoret, as Moshe commanded him. By Yarots el he quickly ran in the midst of this congregation. And he noticed that the plague had already began to strike the people. He put the ktoret on the fire pan and atoned, or I'd like to explain, protected the people from God's punishment. Aaron stood between those who died and those who were alive. And the plague stopped when Aaron offered the Torah. 
If we trace the meaning of the word kapara in Chumash, it begins back with the story of the flood in Parshat Noach, where God commands Noach to make a protective covering around the wood of the ark. The chafarta mibayit umichutz pakofer. Kofer there is a type of a pitch, but it's a cover that's going to protect the ark from the water. Later on, we find the kaporet, which is a protective cover over the aron, which will guard the aron from someone not worthy coming close. And that's the job of the kruvim that are on top of the kaporet and the kruvim that are on the parochet to protect the mishkan, just like the kruvim protect the entrance to the way to Eitzachayim in Gan Eden. Also, the frost that covers the ground it's called by Chumash Akfor. When we have the man, it's dak kfor ala aretz. It's thin like frost that covers the ground. So we see the ritual meaning of the word kapara in Chumash is a type of a protective cover. Why did B'nai Israel need kapara? This entire relationship between God and his people is lopsided. As we saw in the story of the golden calf and at the covenant in Mount Sinai, if you are a nation representing God, God holds you to the highest standard. And midat adin, based on absolute justice, if Am Yisrael would do one thing wrong, they would deserve immediate punishment because their job is so important. Moshe Rabbeinu renegotiates the covenant with the second Luchot that's discussed in Parshat Kitisa, and God agrees to use His attributes of mercy, allowing Am Yisrael to continue to represent God, that God can continue to be in our midst as His nation, even though we may sin, as long as we show our remorse and are willing to recognize our sin and say we'll try better next time. This concept of our recognition that we are privy to God's Shekhinah, we have the special privilege of representing God, even though we may not be deserving, the way we show God that we're receiving the special relationship that we're not really deserving of is by Kapara. We need Kapara. We need protection from God's Shekhinah. That's why the Anan that protected the people from God's Shekhinah at Har Sinai, we called it Moshe, went betocha Anan, and God spoke to Moshe from within the Anan, that protective cloud, like we also see on Yom Kippur, provides protection from Am Yisrael from the Shekhinah. Therefore, whenever we find Ktoret, Ktoret is something that represents the idea that we have this privilege of representing God, even though we're not worthy, or as Moshe Rabbeinu says, after God pronounces his 13 Milot of Rachamim in chapter 34 in Sefer Shemot, Yelechna God should be in our midst, even though we're in Am Oref. Or as a Korbrot that we bring in Yom Kippur in chapter 16 in Sefer Vayikra, we need all these acts of kapara. Why? God Shekhinah dwells among us, even though we are Tamei and acting in a way which is not fitting of representing God. Because we show our desire to do a better job, God is willing to forgive us. That protection from the Shekhinah is usually, is usually referred to as kapara, and hence that word develops to mean atonement from sin, in the context of Yom Kippurim. In reality, when Moshe suggests that the 250 men bring Torah, he's giving them the safest korban to bring. The safest type of offering someone could bring would be Torah, because that protects you from the Shekhinah. Because these 250 men, their intentions were not sincere. They were not interested in becoming a Mamlechet Koni V'goy Kadosh. They didn't appreciate the idea of Kyushah. But rather, they simply wanted the glory. Oh, I want to serve in front of God. I want to bring Torah. It's not fair that only they get to bring. They totally misunderstood the concept of Kedusha. And God had to teach the people of Israel a lesson. And hence that story is in Chumash. Now Moshe Rabbeinu wants to show the people that Torah is not something that automatically kills a person who offers it. Rather, Torah is something that can allow people to repent and return to God. 
and it can be something that saves you and protects you from God's anger if it's understood in the proper manner. Therefore, he tells Aaron, take the same Torah, offer it in the same manner that these 250 men offered it, and let the people see that it can save you from death, and it's not only something that brings death. So Aaron did as Moshe commanded, and even though God was very angry with his people, this act of Aaron saved the people from this Magifah. This act of Aaron saved a more severe punishment, but some people were still killed, and therefore in Pasuk Yudalad we get a tally of everyone who died in these incidents, the total amount of people who died in this plague was 14,700. In addition to those who died in the incident of Korach, where the ground swallowed up the camp of Datan and Aviram, and the 250 men who were burnt by the fire. By Yashav Aaron and Moshe, after doing this, Aaron returned to Moshe al Moed to the tent of meeting. And the plague stopped, and that was the end of this punishment. But again, we learn a lesson from the manner in which this problem is solved, and the story can help us understand the meaning of Torah and how Korbanot serve as kapara, as protection for Am Yisrael, even though they have sinned, their desire to remain to be God's people and to repent and understand the relationship properly, that can be understood in Aaron bringing the Torah to save the people from this plague. Chamishi, in the fifth aliyah, God is going to make one last attempt to try to prevent the people from complaining once again. We'll need yet another sign to remind them that God's decisions are final and that only the tribe of Aaron and the Kohanim can bring Korbanot. Tomorrow we'll continue that study with Chamishi, the fifth aliyah.